Welcome into another edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined by Daniel Salerson, subbing in for John DeShazer, who decided to take another vet day on us. How dare he, Daniel? You know, I think JD stands for jury duty. <laughs> I think that's why his initials are the way they are. And, and maybe he's not even at jury duty. Maybe he used this for one day and realized, wow, I can milk this for the rest of the week and yeah. then maybe show up on Friday. How long have you been holding on to that joke? All day. <laughs> You can see it come across your face, it's, how excited you are. It's were. the only reason why I'm on the show today. Now I'm going to let you take it from here, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, sweet. Uh, Daniel, it's finally game week. Uh, the The Saints will take on the Minnesota Vikings on Friday at 7 p.m. right here in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Uh, these guys have been kind of chomping at the bit for the last two weeks. Just, you know, it's a grind. You know, they're just going day in, day out. They're sore, they're tired, and finally they get to put the pads on. So uh, I know these guys are looking forward to it. The old cliche is they're tired of hitting each other and they want to hit someone on the other team and especially the Minnesota Vikings who it's crazy is how many players that are on the Saints that used to play for the Vikings of course Latavius Murray Nick Easton a couple of those guys and Sean Payne touched on that today about just maybe a coincidence and you know they both coached together in Dallas so that probably has something to do with it as well but uh, you know these two teams of course two years ago have some history again it's a preseason so that stuff's not going to come up but at the same time, I know these two teams are ready to play each other and kind of just see what some of these guys are made of through training camp. Absolutely. I feel like that rivalry uh, from two years ago existed last year, but this year it's more targeted towards the Rams, of course. Uh, another player that you didn't mention but is very relevant is Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, you, you talked about Latavius Murray, Nick Easton. Teddy Bridgewater came from the Vikings as very well. Very true. And, um, you know, it'll be his first time facing off against his old team. Uh, and the first time he's put on, uh, you know, he's played for the Saints since the Carolina Panthers game last year, uh, which he did pretty well in. Um, but I know Sean Payton has said many a times he's excited to see him. Obviously, Sean Payton wouldn't have gone out on a limb to get Teddy back if he didn't believe in him as a quarterback. So I know I can speak for Sean Payton uh, and a lot of I don't want to speak for Sean Payton, excuse me, but uh, I'm sure Sean Payton and Saints fans are excited to see Teddy Bridgewater get out there and get some reps. Yeah, between him and Taysom Hill, it'll be interesting to see how much the, both of those guys play on Friday as far as the snaps concerned. I don't I doubt you see Drew Brees out mm -hmm. there at all so it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill whether it's three quarters for Teddy one for Taysom or a half for each um, either way they're going to get some good reps here in preseason with probably not a lot of reps for Drew Brees so yeah I'm excited you know it's so different when you're playing in training camp compared to playing on the field and I know it's so hard with preseason because people say oh well you're not playing against the first string guys so how can you even evaluate this but then if they do bad, they go, oh, well, you played against the third-string guys. You should have done well. It's like it's a lose-lose situation. So I know the coaches will be looking for certain things that they're going to evaluate based on Teddy and how he runs the offense and things like that. And I think everyone's just waiting to see how he looks. Staying on the offensive side on the ball, some um, things came up in practice today. Emmanuel Butler was back out on the field for the Saints. Uh, he was impressive at the beginning of the camp in the wide receivers group. Um, and he was just kind of on the sideline, running around with the trainers, uh, getting some reps in. So if he follows the same mold that um, Latavius Murray and Marcus Williams did uh, when they kind of had a little bit of a an issue, um, he'll you know stay on the sidelines for the next couple games, and then we might see him in the preseason game on Friday. You know, it's all up to coach, um, but I'm sure they are excited to see him based on what they've seen in camp so far. Yeah, he's been impressive, and, and coach said today that he, he thinks that he has a shot at playing on Friday. I know he was using the jug machine a little bit just to kind of stay out there and, and catch some balls, but um, everyone that I've talked to and everyone one that I'm sure you've talked to has talked about how he's kind of been the one the guy that stood out during camp and especially with the depth at wide receivers 
I mean, you have Ted Ginn, Michael Thomas, Traquan Swift. After that, who's going to be four, five, six, maybe mm-hmm. even seven? And I think Emmanuel Butler, depending on how he does in these games, has a good shot at being one of those guys. I think so, too. And um, it's been very interesting to see the guys that had to step up last year. You know, when Ted Ginn went down, you saw Traquan, you saw Keith Kirkwood, and those guys did um, step up to the plate, and they scored. And they had, you know, a great quarterback in Drew Brees. But now it's it's this year stepping up to the plate yet again to see if you can even make this roster. I mean, we've heard it time and time again um that this roster is good and they're looking for the best guys just because they can't make the saints roster doesn't mean they can't make the roster on another team so it'll be interesting to see not only traquan and keith but also guys like simi cobb cyril grayson jr uh and emmanuel butler of course you know we're excited to see him but i think um we'll watch out for those guys but also jared cook i mean we've heard it time and time again we heard from dan camel the other day it's it's another weapon it's another toy for drew Brees to target it's someone uh away from michael thomas and someone on top of alvin kamara that he can target and uh man that dude's a big target i mean he had his best season last year in oakland with the 10 touchdowns um i forget how many yards he had i think it was it was pretty high up there making a pro bowl selection as well so having that as a weapon along with Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, as you mentioned, it just it gives Drew Brees a lot more options. And Drew Brees doesn't need a ton of options mm-hmm. the way he plays, but if you add that extra guy at tight end, then you not only have to worry about Kamara, but you have Michael Thomas, you have the speed of Ted Ginn, um, you have Trey Quan Smith and his ability that, the, you know, the amounts of options you have on offense is is endless. Mm-hmm. And I think also what Sean Payne wants to do is make that defense think a little bit more, make them slow down that thinking process so that when they do, you know, have all these people out on the field, it's like, well, who the heck am I going to cover? Which right. one of these guys am I going to worry about? Oh, I have to worry about Jared Cook. Oh, yeah, but you have to worry about doubling Michael Thomas. Who's that leave open on the other side of the slot or at the other end? I mean, mm-hmm. the the things that they can do is it's quite fun to, to think about knowing that this is what's going to be like throughout the whole season. I do want to touch on defense, but before we get there, I want to address Dwayne Washington. He's in that running back group along with Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, and other guys, but he's a guy that I've kind of noted because we saw him have kind of a breakout game last year against the Carolina Panthers. Again, the same game that Teddy Bridgewater played in because the Saints had already secured that playoff spot. Um, and he had 100 yards. You know, he played very well for the Saints team. He showed that he can, he can do well in the offense, and so so he's kind of, I don't want to say dark horse because he's not really a dark horse, but he's kind of the guy that I've kept my eye on to possibly make this 53-man roster. Yeah, and I think you can never have too much depth at the running back position, right. especially the wear and tear that those guys go through. Of course, we saw last year without Ingram that I think the Saints struggled a little bit is about backing up Alvin Kamara. So if you can have a guy like Washington along with Murray, who is capable of being a starter as he was in Minnesota um, and Oakland, mm-hmm. then I think, you know, the the Saints will be in good shape as far as the running back situation. So, yeah, I mean, they, everyone has talked about another guy that people have talked about is Dwayne Washington, how he's been looking in camp. But, again, I, I want to see this stuff translate on the field. Yeah. Not taking anything away from any of these guys, but you want to see it in game situations with another team across the way. Um, so I'm excited to see how that turns out on Friday. There's so much. I know everyone says, oh, it's preseason. But if you're really looking at positions and who you want to stand out and who you need to stand out. I mean, this is the great tool to kind of evaluate where everyone's at after a couple weeks of camp. And Sean Payton has said, you know, on Tuesday, their day off, um, that they were going to evaluate each player at each position, see how many snaps each person's going to get. It's not so much scouting for the Vikings. It's just scouting for themselves and seeing who they want to see at what position. So um, on the defensive side of the ball, Daniel, uh, Marcus Davenport spoke yesterday, and he said something so funny. He was like, yeah, you know, I'm learning a lot from Cam Jordan, but 
but he's like a coach you can never turn off, which yeah. is so funny because we see Cam all Sounds the time. About right. Yeah, we see Cam all the time in the building, and he has never met a stranger. You know, he talks to everyone, and he's right. He You can't turn him off. Once you get him going, you can't turn him off. So I think having Cam Jordan as a um, – as a coach uh, for and as a mentor for Marcus Davenport is going to be crucial because Marcus showed glimpses last year, uh, but I think he can really expand his his game this year. There are going to be a lot of eyeballs on him, especially with the Saints trading up and trading a first-round mm-hmm. pick to move up to get him. So I'm not saying there's a ton of pressure on him this season, but there is, you know, especially with Sheldon Rankins out, you're going to need, especially on the two ends with Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport, you're going to need them to put the pressure on the quarterback and you know you're going to get that from cam and you're going to there are a lot of people going to draw cam's going to draw a lot of guys on the offensive line so it's going to be a, a good opportunity for davenport to get some sacks but um i kind of want to see how he's improving how he's developing you know coming off the injury as well that um he could be that guy that could be the next cam jordan and i think if you have those two guys on the line that are as capable and athletic as those two, they're going to be a scary defensive line to deal with come the regular season. I get into it a little bit later in the show with Deuce McAllister about Malcolm Brown, the addition that the Saints picked up in the offseason, um, because the Saints did lose a few players. They lost, you know, obviously Sheldon Rankins is going to be injured for the early part of the season, but also guys like Alex Okafor, Tyler Davison. Um, they did lose those key guys, but they also got great contributors Malcolm Brown is the Super Bowl champion you know like Mario Edwards Jr so and again you have that anchor of Cam Jordan uh so I'll be excited to see what the line brings this year but another guy that spoke was AJ Klein um and AJ kind of talked about you know before they were um not necessarily playing off athleticism but this linebacker core especially has played together for so long um for two years now that uh they kind of just react off instinct they don't really have to depend on the playbook as much they can uh you know see what's on the field and talk to each other and they can quickly react they're not relying so much on coaching as they were before now they're just kind of reacting on instincts i think that's why they brought in demario davis as Mm -hmm. well who was impressive in his first year with the team um did really well the linebacking core and you have him and aj klein there you just have the IQ is big there with linebackers because, again, they're the quarterbacks of the other side. Most likely, they'll be the ones that are calling plays for the defense. So the fact that you have those two guys and DeMario Davis coming off that strong year um, and another year under A.J. Klein's belt, I feel like the linebacking core is just going to get better and better. Yep. Well, again, we wrapped up uh, practice today on Wednesday. The Saints will have a, a walkthrough tomorrow on Thursday, and then they'll play on Friday. But I did get the chance to catch up with Deuce McAllister, who is, who's been out there every day of practice watching the Saints, and I got his thoughts on the Saints this season. You know, I'm interested to see the big three in a sense. You know, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Jarrett Cook, obviously with Drew Brees, how the teams kind of – attack them or as far as to try to slow them down I think that's probably going to be the interesting thing the adjustments that they make and on the defensive side of the ball I think that they're they're deep in the uh, defensive line deep in the secondary I think the uh, linebackers are really really good you know maybe don't have the overall depth some of those other positions but they have a pretty good uh, some pretty good talent there we lost some guys uh, in free agency. Alex Okafor on that line, uh, Tyler Davidson. You know, Sheldon Rankins is going to be back here pretty soon uh, or into the into the season. Do you like the additions that they made for the defensive line in the, in free agency? Well, you really like the additions. You talk about a guy Mario Edwards Jr. You talk about being able to sign Malcolm Brown and what he's bringing. And you've got a couple guys. You've got Hood. You have um, Sylvester Williams. Guys that are trying to prove that they still either Hood, you know, still belong in the NFL. 
And so that's where it's interesting with that defensive line rotation. You know, uh, David Onyemata has to miss a game, but then, you know, you talk about Sheldon Rankins not having to be rushed back, but I think there's adequate depth there at the defensive tackle position that can definitely help you. Are there any specific improvements that you're looking to see out of the Saints secondary? They're added some some guys there, but are there any specific improvements that you're looking for? Turnovers. I think that, that'll be the biggest thing. If they can create turnovers on the back end, it'll help them tremendously. You know, I think that they'll still be a top five run-stopping defense, but on the back end to be able to create turnovers, whether you're talking about interceptions, whether you're talking about forced fumbles, that's the biggest thing that you want to see that group be able to do. On the offensive side of the ball, we'll probably see Teddy Bridgewater this week in preseason uh, and maybe in some other preseason games. What do you think Coach is looking for out of Teddy this year? To be able to get in and out of the huddle, I think probably the first thing, you know, make sure guys are lined up in the right way. I think, you know, the other thing is him to be efficient, you know, know where he's going with the ball, whether you're talking first or second uh, opportunity. Well, for Teddy, I think it's important for him. He gets a full offseason with these with the Saints and to be able to implement an offense you know it's tough when you're not the starter you don't get to run during the season you're running you know scout team stuff you don't get to run your stuff so for Teddy to have a full offseason and to be able to run the Saints plays you know complete offseason I think it hopefully it shows for him in the games uh, you know starting on Friday night. You guys, thought, or we talked about this earlier in the week, but this this team probably isn't going to have a lot of turnover when it comes to the roster. But if you're these guys that are out here just trying to make any team, what's your, your mentality, your thought process as you're going out through these practices? Well, there are some good players on this squad that won't make the squad. You know, there there will be at least six or seven guys that will get picked up by another team. And I'm not talking practice squad. Those guys will go on the active roster. That's how deep this team is, you know, similar to last year. You know, but the mentality has to be uh, to go out and not only win in your locker room, but showing that I got good film out there as well. I mean, because that's that's probably going to be the biggest thing, you know, showing, putting a good product on, on film. So not only this team sees you, but you got 30 other, 31 other teams that will be able to see that, you know, this guy can play in the NFL. You've been in the player seat, like I said, so it's week two in the camp. Uh, other than my body hurts, what are, what's going through these guys' minds from rookies to vets going into week two? Actually, week two, the soreness doesn't really matter. I mean, you're, you're not as sore at this point. You know, it's about two weeks for your body to kind of adjust to it. And at this point, you're not really sore. It's just dealing with the, the, the heat, dealing with the schedule in a sense. But, I mean, at this point, you just want to go out and play. You know, you're happy to play a different opponent, and that's what they're looking forward to being able to do. What's coach looking for from the whole team out of preseason, out of this preseason game one? I mean, we know it's kind of just a dress rehearsal, but what do you think coach specifically is looking for? Knock on wood, no injuries, no major injuries. I think that's probably the first first thing and then probably the most important thing. The second is, you know, the guys go out there and, 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 and give effort. You know, I think that's probably the biggest thing as well, you know, to go out and compete. And then if they have an understanding of what they're doing, particularly uh, whether you're talking about a young guy or a veteran guy, you know, understanding and knowing what he's doing, I think is critical. I mean, when you have a ton of MAs or missed assignments, you know, that's something that's not going to make the head coach very, very happy. They're going to try to keep it simple for him. And so those guys can go just really go out and play. Big thanks again to Deuce McAllister for catching up with me after practice. Always good to get some insight from the mastermind himself. Reminder to make sure to watch the game on Friday on Fox 8. The game will kick off at 7 p.m. You can watch on Fox 8 with your own Joel Myers, John Stinchcomb, Jonathan Vilma, and Megan Payton if you're not in attendance. Now, Friday, we will have a special edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast where we catch up with John Stinchcomb, so be sure to listen in on Friday. 
That'll do it for Wednesday's edition. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch up with you on Friday.